even though okay. Snake Eater is really, really good, mm-hmm. but prequels are not sequels. True. But the the it did have so Snake Eater had the benefit of being the first prequel, and right. there was a lot of missing storylines there. So yes. I think it was and it, it was like, like a Snake really Eater, good game. Snake Eater was undoubtedly fantastic. Yeah. But the thing is, coming through like Metal Gear Solid One, Metal Gear Solid Two, with this whole Solid Snake saga, mm-hmm. and then like. Then having this whole thing where it's like, okay, so three is your prequel, but then four brings you back to like modern future day. And then five brings you back again. And it's like, I can't, I don't, I just don't care anymore. want to do that. <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you what, like what really turned me off and what basically like, what basically sealed me not playing MGS five is just that it's yeah. open world. Yeah. Honestly, I like, I like open world games. But for me, I don't, I didn't, I don't care. Like, I don't need to play, uh, I don't need to play a open world Metal Gear Solid that focuses on online stuff. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to just, I'm just, just sitting out. Not, just going to not do that. Thanks. I never even read the synopsis of the story, which is kind of I funny. didn't either, which I'm, is I'm crazy because like. I, I guess so at that when when they announced the cast and David Hayter wasn't the voice of Snake or Big Boss or whatever, I was like, okay, so clearly this is not supposed to be the real Big Boss. It's gonna just be some other clone. I'm I'm guessing. I don't actually know that. Um I, so I was, I was just, holding on to uh I, I I was holding on to hope that um th- there was a there was a whole thing behind there was like a whole bait and switch, like an MGS two style bait and switch yes, where it's yeah. like, oh, we're you know, we're switching we're switching Kiefer Sutherland into the voice instead of uh, David Hayter because we have other plans for David Hayter. Right. That's what I, so that's where I thought they were going to go. But then when it was like, no, I'm not in this game at all for yeah. real. And after yeah. the game came out, I was like, oh, I, I have to admit that's makes me not really not like I, I like him at all. I like his voice acting for those characters a lot. It's part of the character for me. Yeah, uh, like he is part of he is those characters, right? I I recognize um, to some extent that a lot of this comes from like I'm I'm a you know I'm a nostalgia glassed. Oh, of course, I, I'm a nostalgia glassed fan who's like, no, I want it to be the way I remember. Oh, Don't no, no, change I'm, it. I'm, I am absolutely being one of those people, <laughs> and I don't generally like to be one of those people. But like, me neither. I well, didn't like scream and. I didn't, make I didn't a fuss. scream I didn't, and I didn't yell and make said... a fuss about the game. I yeah. just like I just quietly lost interest and was kind of sad about it. I also didn't care about the like you said the the open world setting to me was was take it or leave it. If if so if there weren't multiple if that wasn't there if David Hayter was the voice I mm. I honestly would have been like okay fine the one 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 knock one plus I'll 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 go with it because I did play the Phantom. What, what was it called? Was Phantom Pain what it was called when it was just like the demo that was released almost? That was like two no, hours. No, Ground Zeroes. Ground Zeroes. Thank you. I knew I couldn't. I, I couldn't think of the name. Yeah. So I played through Ground Zeroes. I did too, and I enjoyed that. Um, For and I was like, okay, forty-five minutes of it. <laughs> yeah. I did play through it uh, to like get all the patches and. Yeah, I heard there was a stuff. lot of. There's actually a lot of content in that game. It's just like one. The actual guided story part of it is yeah, like, it's like just one minutes. mission. Yeah, yeah. So that you know, I mean, the thing was like what ten dollars or fifteen dollars or something. I don't know. It came out at thirty. That's why 30? people were. Mad Are you about sure? It. I'm pretty sure. 
Holy crap. I can't believe I spent $30 on that. Well, you may not have, but like no, I, I think I, it's, it I think it's MSRP. I play it on PS3. I don't know. Maybe the PS3 one was cheaper. That seems unlikely. Wow. Zero. M MGS ground. Oh, yeah. We kind of have this thing that could Zero's help us answer. Zero's retail price. 30. Holy shit. I can't believe I spent $30 on ground zeros. 20 on digital, it looks like. Oh, I did buy it digitally. I don't know if... Ground zeros. So MGS you may have bought it for 20. Maybe I got it for $20. Or though. maybe that was a price cut. I don't know. But it definitely launched at 30. And there was a lot of backlash because people were like, I am done with this in 45, like 30 to 45 minutes. I feel like you have sold me a demo for $30. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what it was. It was it was definitely just a demo because the game was taking too long to come out or whatever. Which at this is. point, I, I think we can squarely blame Konami for because, you know. Yeah, more, more than likely. Konami. I, Konami, I did hear like Konami was fed up with with Kojima's making um, them money and famous. I know that would be a problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, like he has <laughs> like literally carrying them for the last ten years of his career. <laughs> but like, but like Konami doesn't care about its status as a game developer. No, they just like money. They want their money. And... Well, and they were doing arcade stuff, which is, I think. I think they were doing arcade, like, like not, not like arcade. I games. mean, they still do arcade stuff. Cause like, but I mean like pachinko and all like they, well, I think yes. they were using their licenses to make a lot of money elsewhere. So to be honest, I bet you Kojima's now, now of their game, like, like, you know, the, the, the game games, he was mm. probably a big chunk of their profit yes. from that. Yeah. But in terms of their profit as a company, I bet you he wasn't that big. Um, well, he, his games make a lot of money, but his games costed a lot of money. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of that's kind of the big thing is like, well, yeah, OK, sure. You are like you're making us good money, but also like your games take like five years to come out. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's I, I'm going to guess because, I mean, there has to be a reason the, that the, the company would, you know, they stop making Castlevania games. They stop making they stop um, making everything pretty much everything so they must have been making a much larger profit in another area whatever the, that was the yeah the the sense that i've gotten from any reporting that's gone on inside of konami is that yeah. over a long period of time it's not like a recent thing it's just like a very slow tilt in the direction of like no one in that company cares at all about their legacy as a game publisher. Right. That's it, it became pure profit and they discovered that they could make more profit with gambling. Yeah, that's that's what I had heard that they went into like the gambling. When I said arcades, that's what I meant. Yeah, because they I don't like aren't aren't isn't gambling still sort of um, frowned upon a bit in Japan. I mean, in that it's illegal. Yes. That's, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. But it's illegal in the same way that, like, <laughs> prostitution is illegal in that it's, you know, it exists and law enforcement just kind of looks the other way because the Yakuza exist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I assume, I assume, do not know, but I assume that part of the reason for the full tilt into chase profit at all costs at Konami is is probably Yakuza related. 
that because it is it is well known that they have their they have their hands in most businesses. Sure. To sure. some extent. Um I basically here's the way the uh, here's the way that Pachinko works as gambling that's not gambling. Mm-hmm. Um so essentially what you have is you've got a pachinko parlor and what you do is you exchange money for little yeah. for the for the for the beads. Yep. For the little for the little steel balls. Um and then you for get a Mario certain with a jetpack. Mm-hmm. And then you and then you put the you use those in your machine and then you you know, it basically works out as like a as like a secondary currency. Almost like a like a free to like think of it like a free to get free to play like gotcha game currency. Right. Yeah. It will because you're technically not paying. You're not te- technically you're not paying to gamble. You're paying to hold steel balls in your hand. Then what you choose to do with them is up to you. Right. <laughs> and like you through playing the game, you can, you know, you can gain more or less steel balls by the end. But it's not money. It's just, you know. It's just how many it's just how yeah, many ball you can, bearings you have. And maybe you can exchange those for a, and you then, know, some type of prize later. Right. You, like at, a stuffed at, animal. At the end of it, <laughs> at the at the end of the game, you go up to the counter and you're like, I now have this many steel balls in my possession. I would like to exchange those for this ostensibly worthless prize that will be purchased by the shop two doors over for cash. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because then you're just then you're just trading in, you know, your your figurine for money. Yeah, it's essentially like you take the pachinko prizes to the pawn shop and the pawn shop buys them for like the equivalent cash value. Right. So it's absolutely just money in money out, just with extra steps so that the pachinko itself is not the source of the gambling. Well, you're and just for the, it's, it's, it's quite brilliant because the. <laughs> The pachinko, uh, the establishment only sees profit then like, like, sure, they're giving you some type of toy or gift that you then sell for value, but it's, it's way different than handing somebody, uh, you know, here's $10,000 or whatever. That's a lot of money, but you know what I mean? Here's like a hundred dollars. I mean, people Um, spend a lot of money in pachinko. (laughs) No, I know. I know. I just, I just meant that at one, I was. I guess I was ten thousand dollars doesn't seem like an av- like the the normal amount. So that's oh, I'm sure it's not, but it I'm sure it's not as <laughs> unusual as you think. Yeah, that's true. When you hear people that do you know the gambling things, I'm always mm-hmm. sort of like, wow, that's that's impressive. Yeah, you just <laughs> you just kind of dropped that kind of money like it was nothing, huh? <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's not for me. I <laughs> when the 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 two times that. I was in Vegas one time was with a friend because his dad was on a business trip. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other time was when my, uh, the, the guy that I talked about that moved to California, uh, Matt, he, we stopped there to sign up for fun. And my idea of gambling was like, all right, I'm going to spend $20 (laughs) and just play some vending or like some slot machines or the digital blackjack. I was like, yeah, this is great. Yeah. I'll play the penny slots for a few hours just for fun. I have um I have gone to a casino mm-hmm. on three different occasions. On zero of those occasions have I actually spent money. <laughs> um usually um all of those times there was some sort of like you know, they give you like a welcome bonus. 
Oh, sure. Where it's like you kind of you kind of like make your account or whatever. And then they're like, here's 10 free dollars to go get started. And I'm like, OK, that's the money I'm using. Right. That's that's enough for me. That's that's <laughs> all. That's all of what I'm using. And I'm going to play for an hour or two. And then I'm going to leave with whatever's left, whether it's more or less. I don't really care. And yeah, because it's really just about it was more of just for the experience of pressing yeah. the button and watching yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing happen. Like, I didn't actually care about winning or losing. And right, you have to go in with that mindset. So it's just like, well, and ultimately, if it's house money and you cash out with any of it, you're guaranteed profit as long as you don't actually put your own money in. Right, yeah. So it's like, I don't really care if it's $3 or 50 It's still more than I walked in with, and I got to have fun. So joke's on yeah. you. The one, the one penny slot I played, I won like 20 bucks. I was like, wow, that's a huge payout. It's It would have been insane if that was like a dollar. And I was like, ah, see, that's... That's that's the, that's that's the get trick. You. That's the <laughs> trap right there. Mm hmm. And I, I do that sometimes with like investing. Like I've been like Bitcoin's been crazy lately. And it's like, man, imagine if you'd put like a thousand if you put like a thousand GameStop stock. I heard the yeah. stock of GameStop is. Like, yeah, GameStop like stock a, is like memeing right now. Right. Yeah. Well, the dude that owns the that the, the pet site, Chewy, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. Is that where he, that's coming from? He's been he was put on the board. Uh, of GameStop, so maybe GameStop won't become such a trash heap of a company, uh, and you won't be I mad mean, if quietly like, Reggie's still on the board. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. Yeah, R Reggie Fizami, after he left Nintendo, joined the joined the board of GameStop after a couple months, and then oh. proceeded to be very, very, very quiet as GameStop started to force its employees into work during coronavirus shutdowns. Huh. Well. The, my understanding is that the Chewy guy is a, a much nicer brand of uh, boss. <laughs> and I know people only have nice things to say about the way he's handled, like, his company. And you see, I don't know if, it, if he does it for everybody or if it just happened to be a few people, but some people have been like, yeah, I'm canceling my service because my pet died or whatever. Then they sent them, like, a memorial for their pet, like that kind of Aww. that that kind of stuff is really cool. I don't know if that happens to everybody or if it was just like a let's like an isolated clout. PR thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have no it's idea. Still nice. But even if it's isolated, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, hey, it's still it's, a nice thing. Yeah. So if 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 he ends up being because he bought, I don't know when it was really cheap, he bought a ton of stock and now he's part of the company, I guess, and that's what mm. made the stock go up. I could be wrong. I don't actually pay that much attention to these things. I just I did read. Um, I read that blip, but you know, if you don't really pay attention to the whole article, you could just be having misinformation. So sorry if course, I'm spreading yeah. that right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> but I it was still one like, of those moments where the I've man, seen, if I put yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I've seen a uh I've seen news about like GameStop stock went up like seventy percent overnight or something like that. It was crazy, yeah. I think it was when he was buying the the things, it was, you know, five six dollars for a stock and now it's at like 30 or what you know it's, it's yeah. the time where people make a lot he, he i guess he's turned his initial investment into like 300 million dollars and his initial right. investment was like nine million or whatever right i, and, I, don't, and I don't know because you look at that and it's that like stuff. i don't know how it works you always look at that kind of thing and it is tempting because it's like man it wouldn't even call it wouldn't even take that much if you had like a spare thousand dollars sitting around yeah I mean, which is a lot of money about... but like in in the in the sense of like investing for your future it's like it's pennies oh it's it's nothing yeah yeah, yeah. i mean if that thousand dollars becomes twenty thousand dollars right right $10, then it's like you're like holy crap it goes from like oh i just decided to you know try to invest some money because it's you know i figured it'd be better than just regular savings and then it's mm -hmm. like oh this is like buy a house money now yeah yeah exactly 
So it, it like and gambling kind of hits you with the same thing because gambling and investing are essentially the same action. Mm-hmm. Um, Except you can't. I, I really like gambling in like Dragon Quest games because you can save scum. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> But I mean, in, in the IRL sense, yeah, I, like I, stock market I speculation know. and stock market speculation and uh, and and just gambling in a casino are the same thing. Yeah, yeah. they're absolutely just the same thing. In fact, I, but I, if, I think impulses. gambling is in some ways it's more. I don't know if dangerous is the right word, but there's a chance that you feel like you somehow have more control or you're getting luckier or it's it's a it's a much lower bar of entry than the stock market. Yeah. So in it, a it sense, be... it's more insidious just because like, just because you can just kind of walk in, but at the same time, you can't just kind of walk in and just start spending money. Right. Whereas like, usually if you lose everything in the stock market, it's a longer, more protracted uh, process, mm-hmm. but you also can lose a lot more, a lot faster. Oh yes. Yeah. In the stock, like, I know you always hear about people who go to a poker table and, like, bet their the deed to their house. But, like, no, but, like, if you actually go in on the stock market and you've got, like, your entire life savings in there, but it was in, you know, Enron, whoops, <laughs> everything you've worked uh, for for 10 years is now gone. Whoops. So it's, no, it's, it, you, there's, it's, it's easier to lose large amounts of money with stocks. Like... But the point is, like, like, the the core action is the same. The the impulses, the feelings of, like, oh, man, I won a little bit, but what if I invested, like, a hundred times more than that? Then the payout would have been way bigger. Yeah, well, it's it's It's, really That temptation is always there. Well, and and the the pull... It's it's sort of like when people say Simpsons Simpsons thought of everything, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, Simpsons thought of a lot of things, or they came up with a lot of things that happened to be the true... Like, it came out to turn out to end up... eh, eh. They turned out real, but right. you're not counting all the times where they had an episode where they predicted something else and it wasn't real. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. You're not the. We tend to we tend as people to find the, uh, the 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 good part or the thing that makes us laugh or smile or the thing that we're like, oh, that's that's got to be real because it feels right or whatever right. it is. It, the outlier, and sort of. Yeah, and that's and that gambling really, it's that's a it's it's the 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 rush of winning is very strong so right. it's like you, oh, you wow. hear about the you hear about the overnight millionaire who you know bought a thousand shares of apple when it was a dollar yeah right when it was just a fruit company yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then it's like and it seems easy cuz it's like all i have to do is put all of my money into the right <laughs> stock right before it increases in value a thousand fold and then i'm right. rich and it's like, that's a once in a generation thing. Like, you don't just do that. You don't just find Amazon in the 90s and then put like $10,000 into it and then just wait for 20 years and become rich. Like, that's no, that, well, like Amazon, that's not something you just accidentally do. You don't stumble into that. It's very easy to look at, you know, with hindsight and say, wow, obviously Amazon's so big. It makes sense. But I remember when Amazon was released and most anyone that I was around now I was now I mean, it was a book company at first that's what I mean like nobody really cares like why would I buy my books online I can just go to the store or the <laughs> library or the yeah sure well I meant if you're buying them but like yeah. the it was I'm just saying support your libraries <laughs> you know just just generally just be, throw that out there that, that, that is a, that is a really nice sentiment you're right 
I, actually, this is odd. This, I don't know why this popped up in my head the other day, but I was thinking that if I had a lot of extra money, it would be fun to order two of every comic book or something that you were buying and donate one to, to the local library. I, and that's weird that you said that because I just had that thought randomly the other day. <laughs> I don't know why. That's funny. But um, but yeah, it's it's hard to predict. It's not, oh, there, there's a reason why the people that can do that stuff are paid a lot of money. It's because it takes a lot of know of the, the world around you and the ability to, to to stomach the fact that, oh, whoops, I just lost a million dollars. Well, yeah, and also, like, the generally, the discipline to not just to actually, yes. like, make smart, measured decisions. Sure. Instead of just chasing bets. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's tempting to go up to the roulette table and put all of your money on black and just be like, all right, here we go. And unless you have a safety save, that's probably not the best idea. Right, right, right. <laughs> but like, you know, there's there, I, you, with with stocks, there's an aspect of business where it's, you know, you want to spread everything thin. So your money's not as much at risk and and look at this indicator and that indicator and. And look at the health of the business and all of that stuff. And there, there's a whole, you know, there's a whole education behind being able to do that properly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in that sense, it's a little bit different than stocks, but it's also the same. Or it's a little bit different than like casino gambling. But at the same time, you can also study the hell out of blackjack and odds and and, you know, what the what the best play is in every situation. It's not really that much different. Yeah, but. I think I think the point you're trying to make is is that there's a reasonable chance that the Yakuza ruined the Castlevania franchise. That's where we were at. Yes, <laughs> we did get into that from like from Metal Gear Solid and Pachinko and everything in yes. Kojima. Exactly. This is just how the retro breakdown go. <laughs> Welcome everybody to our random ramblings of the day. We get into stuff here. I hit the record button when the conversation seems interesting, and then we just kind of talk for 20 minutes, and then I'm like, by the way, this is a podcast. A podcast about all the video games that we're playing right now. I mean, Konami is always an interesting topic. It's a sad topic, but I yeah. think that, like... I, well, Capcom I think... kind of is in the same boat. They're, they're not. <sighs> I mean... Okay, I guess they're not. No, you're right. Capcom is making video games. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. It's not fair. It's not fair. I I meant I I under I know where you're going with it, but like I don't want to understate how bad Konami is right now. No, you're right. You're you're totally right when it like, comes to Like they are it. in a they are in a class by themselves for <laughs> trash, like for trash, like not just it's not just and I want to be clear about this. It's not just that I'm mad at them because they make they just, made video games that I like that they're not making anymore. Yeah, this isn't just your fanboy. Yeah, out. it's not just like why don't they make more Castlevania? Like <laughs> right. they're actually like the the stories that have come out of Konami uh, from employees about what it was what it has been like to work there as a game developer are horrifying. Oh wow, I have I have not paid any attention to that. It is I it is it is things like being like being forced to go into your office and your computer is gone. Like they've removed what? all of the stuff from your workstation. 
So you can't do any work, but then they call you into the office and scream at you for not doing any work. And then they're like, but my workstation is gone. What happened to my workstation? And they're like, don't make excuses. (laughs) That is, that is, um, that's interesting. That's just, I, it is screwing with people. It, yeah, it is, it is blatant. Just like it is mismanagement to the point where it almost oh, seems not, like just yeah. just mean spirited just to do it. <laughs> like they're literally like trying to, like I like can li- do this, so I'm going to. Yeah, th- it's it's it has the feeling of like they just wanted for all of their game developers to quit. Right, right. Oh, and they're just true. trying to they're just trying to make the working conditions there so miserable. That everyone just leaves and then they can be like, oh, well, I guess we don't have to make games anymore. Right. Yeah. We'll just we'll just refocus on this. Like it like just mean spiritedness on purpose is what it is. And and it's I mean, these are stories that have come out over the course of like a decade now. Of course. Yeah. Um, It's like so that's that's why that's why. Okay, so it's not fair to it's not fair to it's not fair to compare them to <laughs> to pretty much anyone else at least yeah no like they're they're in their own class of like not just that they've mismanaged their properties not just that they're not making the games that i want not just that they chased out you know yeah they're, they're uh, genuinely Igarashi and kojima like, and all of they're their, like bad people <laughs> yeah they're actually bad they're actually treating their employees badly there's a reason why all of their big developers have left to go um to go start their own companies. And it's because that's essentially what they wanted them to do. So they could stop paying them. Right. Right. And then they, and they weren't like, they weren't firing them. They they were quitting of their own, uh, on their own accord. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's, yeah. Firing people in Japan because of how like strongly unionized they are. And, and the whole, their whole philosophy on, on hiring where you kind of like join a company and then just, stay at that company for yeah that's that's your whole thing yeah so like the expectation is that employees stay at their companies but the but the flip side of that expectation is that employees or companies retain their employees and care for their employees so like firing someone is like you can do it but it's hard to do it without a reason right right because well it's going to look bad to the other employees and you're like it's supposed to be a symbiotic relationship where right right you're you would treat your employees well because they're going to make a good product and that way everybody's happy and they like where they work and you like them blah 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 right Uh, and so what you get instead is we're just going to treat you like garbage until you leave until you you leave of your own volition and then it's your fault right then 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 it's like oh well i don't know he just wasn't doing his work or yeah whatever yeah it's 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 your fault like we're you know we Ooh. didn't we didn't tell them they had to quit. They just didn't want to work here anymore. I need to uh, I need to pause for like 10 seconds. So I, I will be right. Well, maybe like 30. I'll be right back. <laughs> OK. But yeah, so uh, we we played Trip World this week, which ironically, like despite not being bad, was weirdly kind of like good practice for uh, for Cusa Grande in a way, just okay. because it's. Well, a lot of stuff in Cusa Grande is, like, ambitious and weird. Mm-hmm. And I think Trip World was ambitious and weird. I think Trip World, it's what's, what's, what makes me 
smile the most about Trip World actually doesn't have to do with the game itself. It has to do with the reviews for the game. Because a okay. lot of the reviews were like, hey, this is great. The problem is it's kind of too easy. It's a kiddie game. Everyone's sort of like, yeah, it's it's really simplistic, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm going to guess most of these reviewers didn't get to the end of the game. They probably, they, like, here, listen. Because the last three bosses in Trip World are a, are a nightmare. Which you face in a gauntlet. With no save point, really. But let's back up a bit. Okay. Because, like, what what actually is Trip World? This is not a well-known game. I had never heard of it before you brought it up. And I think we need to, I think we need to add a little bit of, uh, a little bit of, a little bit of grounding before we get too deep into the weeds here. Sure. About, like, what, what actually, what, what is, what is this? What is this? It is this? a... Just a very simple side-scrolling platformer for Sunsoft that was released on the Nintendo Game Boy, uh, only in Europe. I was going to say, Japan. in what territories? In Japan in 92 mm-hmm. and in Europe in 93, and not America ever. Which is weird, because, like, it, you know... I don't know why. Like, I don't know why... There's they no reason just... why it couldn't have. There's... I don't think there's any text in the game. Nope. The, Aside the, from the words Trip World. There's there's the the manual which has this uh, comic. I never f- did find an English version of the manual, so I don't know what the comic is about. It's fine. I'm sure it's the plot of the game, which that is confusing once you get to the end because I'm not sure if flowers are good or bad, but whatever. <laughs> I am also not sure. It seems like they're bad. But yeah, Trip World is a uh, Trip World was a reasonably fun, very simple, but like pretty pretty cute and uh, and endearing. Uh, side-scrolling platformer for the for the Game Boy, and I genuinely had fun with it. That was, I, I gave me Kirby vibes. Yeah, it's Kirby yes Kirby esque vibe. It's 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 really strange because none of the enemies do any damage to you like ever, unless they're except for a few, and then the bosses. They the the enemies have to be in like an attack animation. Okay, yeah, yeah. To hit you, but most of them you can just kind of harmlessly bounce off of. And it yeah. does give the it does give the game a very weird um it gives the game a very weird feeling. It just kind of feels like you're just you're just kind of running through a stage where there isn't really you're, much you, to you do. You just sort of go from right to left and sometimes right or left to right and sometimes down or up. Sometimes yeah, you're just sort of getting to the exit and but, that's it. <laughs> but nothing's really in your way. Nothing like stops you. It's a it's a strange game actually. Like it's it felt like they wanted to do way more with it than they just either ran out of time or money or they're like this is it we're done. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because they they you can transform into like a fish and into like a flying version of yourself, but it doesn't really matter. I mean the fish one's important. The fish one's pretty important. Um because I was like, waiting for is... you to figure that out because it's sort of this moment of what the what the hell? Did I just become a fish? And I like I did it completely accidentally, and I remember being like, "Oh man, this water movement is so slow oh, God. and terrible." Yeah, watching you do that segment, I didn't say anything. It took it was it take everything I had not to be like transform it to a fish because I just wanted you to experience transforming the first time. Um, and you were trying to like solve all the puzzles by standing on the monsters and everything, or the puzzles, excuse me. You were trying to swim basically by mm-hmm. uh, because there are no puzzles. That's why I caught. Myself. Yeah, not really. <laughs> Uh, the, the, without using the transformation powers. And I was like, oh man, this is actually kind of awesome. And then you got to the one part where it was actually impossible because 
there, it looked like you could stand on this like a piece of seaweed that would then extend it itself and you could jump to get to the transition to the next screen but you can oh, yeah, you kind of can but yeah it doesn't it doesn't get you up high enough and then i was yeah. like okay now what <laughs> then you were pressing buttons and you transformed into a fish and you're like oh what <laughs> but that was what like world three out of five that i did that yeah and you only found it because you needed to yeah i, I just like and it wasn't even it wasn't even like really intentional i was, I was just kind of mm-hmm. hit, hitting buttons and i noticed that i changed and i was like what and like I had to I had to like sit there and experiment for a while to even figure out what button I pressed to make that happen. <laughs> it turns out that um, like many platformers, you have a ju- button that is jump and a button that is everything. <laughs> right. And the um, so the jump button is a and the kick slash transform button slash you know, secondary attack, if you have one available, is B. But I had just seen it as the kick button up to that point, or the attack button if you have, like, a power-up, because Mm -hmm. there's power-ups that transform your attack into, like, throwing flower seeds or, or like, a tail whip or... But that also makes so you you couldn't transform either, right, once you've had that, I think? Right, right, right. If If you have a power up, they're all timed, and they have a certain amount of time that they work for, and it's like you, um, it's you like basically have to just use those until they go away and then you can do your regular transformations, which is inconvenient at times. <laughs> yeah. Like extremely so. But, uh, but yeah, like there's a, there's, so basically you have two main transformations. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which you press B and down to transform into a fish and then you trans you hit B and up to transform into what I can only describe as you, but with helicopter ears. Yeah, like you're you're, you're like a rabbit or something. That's like a bunny. And your yeah, your your character spin. is kind of like a weird little chibi bunny. I think that's what it's supposed to be like some sort of rabbit. You know what it reminds thing. me of? Because I've been playing FF6 lately. It reminds me of the thing that comes out if you screw up sets or slots. And it's like a little, it's like, it's a little bunny that comes out and it gives you a little heel and then it's like Moogoo Moogoo. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It it reminds me of that. (laughs) Well, apparently it's based off of another Sunsoft game called Gimmick, which is a game that was released earlier in 92 in Japan and Scandinavia. And that's it. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Putting that on the radar. Yeah. So that's, it's, it's. I think it was on the NES, or, but it might have been on the SNES. I'm not. I don't remember now. Um, oh, I and feel I, like I've I, seen this before. I think it's been released on PlayStation. In that Japan. is an NES game, yes, or a a Famicom game, I should say. Yes, yes. Because um, I think they. I th- I want to say it was put on the Super Nintendo when they released it in Scandinavia. Maybe I have no. I have no idea why Sunsoft is releasing games exclusively in Scandinavia. Uh, but that's that's what happened. So maybe it's worth looking at someday. And and I I, I guess that's what Trip World is cute. based around. Okay. So or this pre awful. this predates gimmick predates uh, Trip World. Tr- yes, correct. Okay. Um, and I I I don't know. Hmm. Trip World is just like a, the 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 best part of Trip World, hands down. I think is the music. The music's really really good. 
yeah, there's some really awesome tracks. And it's the first stage just it just just comes right out and it's just like this is fantastic. I'm excited to play this game. And then you're sort of like, well, the game's kind of simple, but it's still fun. And then you play it for a while and you you're like, you know, I'm just kind of still through everything. And then you get to the final stage and you're like, why? Why why is it like this? Yeah, there's a there's a lot of like there's a lot of stuff in Trip World that is to say the least confusing. <laughs> yeah. Just a lot of just like, why, why would you make it like this? <laughs> but I mean, it, it, after a couple of, after a couple of worlds, I'm kind of like, all right, so I, I start thinking like, what does trip world actually mean here? Mm-hmm. Like, cause it, you make the, you make the, um, you make the joke about like, oh, it's a, you know, it's a drug trip. It's a drug trip, man. Yeah, exactly. It's, we're tripping. We're tripping balls, man. <laughs> and it's like, that, you know, that's the easy joke. But then you get into it and it's like, oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe actually, like, oh, though. I, th- I think <laughs> that might have been the intention. <laughs> yeah, once you, like, there's a thing that I discovered very, very late in the game where oh, you, yeah. uh, where you can... If you pick up like two opposing power ups, you like grow weird oh, legs. You become a freakish. You become a freakish version of yourself. Like a weird fifties animation, like you know, like black and white, like exaggerated walk cycle, big long, like spindly legs creature. That it's just hola- has, it's actually hilarious. That just has a big like mouth projectile that one shots bosses. Yeah. Yeah. One shots them. I like I, that's right. Cause you fought that one boss the second time. And you're like, what the, what the hell? I mean, it wasn't hard the first time it was like the, it was the one where it's like, it's the, it's the like dessert themed stage. Yes. And the, um, the boss is like a princess. And I'm like, are we just doing like boss Marie Antoinette here? <laughs> and it wasn't terribly difficult. So I just, you know, I just kind of went up and, and beat up on her and I was like, okay, let's go up and do this this time. And it was just like, shoot, bam, <laughs> like, boom, 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 boom. it was so weird. And I was like, I, oh, okay, I, I guess understand. that happens. <laughs> so now that we've described the game a little bit, let's go back to the reviews we were talking about. I don't think those reviews are wrong in oh, talking the game is about very simple. It, and, 95% of the game is very, very, very easy. There's basically nothing that can hurt you. Yeah. For the most part, even things that look like they should hurt you, you just kind of bump into. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and there, there's like two enemies in the whole game that I had actual trouble getting by. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, okay, I got to be careful with this. And one of them is like the, do you, do you have trouble with like the stretchy slime looking enemies? Oh, in one of the cave stages. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, especially because you're sort of just like, whatever, enemies don't matter. <laughs> yeah. And then these ones just like wall you. And you're like, oh, what the? F-? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And yes. they're they're kind of random and they just kind of like they just kind of bounce around and they're hard to they're hard to avoid. Mm-hmm. So like but they're in they're in like literally one screen in the whole game and then never again. Yeah, so I, think it's, it's, I think it's just one. Yep, I'm pretty sure it's just one one part. That's it. So like I had trouble with them and then like the final the final three bosses are a freaking gauntlet like they're pulled out of a different game. Well it, yeah it's it's a game with 
slightly better controls. Like, not that this has bad controls, maybe maybe better enemy movement or prediction. Like, the, it trains you to be ready for them, whereas this one does not. You you do not expect the boss to be hard in this game. Yeah, no, it feels completely out of step with the rest of the game. Like, it's 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 a completely different. Honestly, it kind of reminds me of the experience I've had in most Yakuza games, where like everything that you fight on the streets just as like a random fight is just kind of paper. Yeah. Like you, just sort of, you walk through them. There's very few threats. It's just for you to kind of style on and try your things out on. And then mm-hmm. it's like, you get to a boss. And it's like, it's time to learn to guard. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're playing on, uh, you know, a harder difficulty. Right, right, right. Then Yakuza gets really, really like you take a swing at the them bosses. and they're going to dodge around and hit you in the back of the head. And you're like, what? And it's like, <laughs> Oh, I have to, think about this now that's weird yeah so that like and they're very they're very normal just like those last bosses ultimately they're not that tough but no, they no, they're do, really not they do something that none of the other bosses really require you to do which is learn mm-hmm. you know, like it's it's a very standard like 8-bit or nes game boy style like this boss seems impossible, but you just have to learn what to do. There's a safe yeah. spot. You learn the tells, you learn the patterns, and well, then you just do the thing. And the actual final boss, the one, the like the the weird tank that comes out of the ground. After <laughs> you fight the other two. Like, I laughed so hard at that tank because the build up to it is so. It's, the build up to it top. is it's like, so serious, and then it's just like it's like a cute little like it almost looks like a Dragon Quest slime. <laughs> yeah well it's basically like a you as a tank yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but it but you are an adorable little like puff creature so <laughs> yeah. it being this big like threatening tank. final boss is like no i'm not scared of that that's that's funny well, i like that. and it doesn't have a spooky face or anything it has a happy face it doesn't like you know it doesn't it doesn't get the american kirby eye treatment or anything right right it right, just right, is right, like right. a friendly looking tank version of yeah you. exactly um, that apparently but you then, have to you have to kick in the eye like three times and then you win. Yeah, because so when you were fighting it and you were trying to like learn its pattern or dodge the little ball it shoots out, you're not supposed to. You're supposed to stand on top of its head. Like that's why you were having so much trouble because it pretty much hones in on you immediately and you can't get out of its way. Yeah, you can avoid it, but it is like it is damn near pixel frame perfect. Right, but if you just jump on its head, it doesn't. It, like every other enemy in the game, you don't take damage from standing on it. Right, you don't take like nothing in the game does contact damage except for spikes. Yeah, and there's not very many spikes. No, and you have to jump on them almost on purpose. To, yeah, to take damage from spikes. The uh, because because I watched it was apparent the triple world game was in, uh, I think it was SGDQ in 2016. Or 15 or something like that. So I was just curious what the speedrunner did. And he just stood on top of the thing's head and then jumped down, kicked its face, jumped back on its head. And I was like, oh, that's all you're supposed to do. So that was it was it was funny that you were actually supposed to stand on the final boss, which is not something you would think is normal. No, not really. I mean, it does. It does sort of lend itself to that because the top of it is like not really threatening looking. It's just very yeah. it's very smooth and round like a platform. Mm hmm. So it's like, once you do it, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But like, I I think you we get so used to um, just enemies do contact damage in old games that the idea of just like standing on top of an enemy and having it not do anything to you is weird, especially a boss. Yeah. 
It's it's well, especially very especially a, especially like the final boss. Yeah. Well, and and it's rude because the previous bosses, like you just fought two that were sort of difficult. Like you fought the one where it was like the the three slimes in a trench coat, but you thought it was going to be a tall <laughs> so guy. Fun. I liked that. That a lot. was so fun. You see this? You see this mysterious creature, this mysterious like imposing figure in a trench coat that's way taller than you, and then it turns <laughs> out to be like three little cute puffs just like you standing on top of each other in a trench coat is like it's so cartoonish and dumb god this game is charming <laughs> like i wouldn't say that the game itself is like particularly good yeah like but I wouldn't it's tell... so charming I, I would i would i think it, it for me it kind of goes in in terms of games that you play it it's a it's a hundred percent not worth it to actually play it i think it's it's just like an okay game but it's not the, bad. It's it's just it's very average, but it's got charm. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. It's just like an okay game. It's I yeah, wouldn't yeah, go yeah. out of your way to play it. It's no. fun watching. I had fun playing it myself, and I had fun watching you play it. But at the same time, I it's nothing I'll I'll ever get excited about playing in the future. Like well, I and I mean, like I will say that it might even be worth. Um, it might even be worth like in terms of whether it's worth playing. We can't we can't lose sight of the fact that this game took like an hour to play. True. And yeah, probably no less... experience, no anything, it's, especially if you don't mind. Cause think about how long it would have taken you though. If you didn't save state, the final gauntlet, it would have taken a lot longer, but I will say that I restarted the game from the beginning, probably three or four times. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Before. And one of which was after I actually got to the final boss and died. And Oh, that's right. You did reset, didn't you? Yeah, I did get all the way to the end, and I was like, okay, time to start back from the beginning. Because it, it's a very, very, very short game. That's part of the reason we picked it, just because we're busy and we wanted something like short and sweet to play. Yeah, something something simple, something, something. And I did use I did use save states to like retry the final boss. Um I did the whole gauntlet at once, so I actually tried retried several times, tried to keep it as legit as possible. Okay, but just yeah. like yeah. Just like I didn't want to play the entire game eight times to get more cracks at the final boss. I just wanted to finish it. So I saved state. I saved state right outside the boss room. And then just like every time. I feel like that's a that's a that's a pretty that is kind of like a negative thing to keep in mind, though. Right. Like you didn't want to play the whole game again because it was sort of simple and short. Mm. And, And it's. But despite that, despite how many times I restarted. And despite saving state outside the boss room and, and doing the boss fight, like probably 10 to 12 times. Yeah. I was done with that game in less than an hour and a half. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess that's even, what I'm trying to say. Even with though. the, even with the restarts. Cause if you, if you didn't save state outside the, the boss room, you would have, it would have taken, it would have been like a four hour playthrough. Probably. And that would have been hours. Quite possibly. Yeah. That would, maybe not four, maybe three or something. I don't know. It would, it would have, have been a been, lot longer. It would have been like an hour and a half of kind of playing through the main part of the game again, which would have been a drag, right? It's I'm just I'm trying to say that without save stating, it would have, it would have been a less enjoyable experience at yeah. least, yeah, yeah, because the you would have been playing through a lot of kind of just going through the motions of the first yes. four and a half stages because it's not particularly challenging, and because once you know what to do, it's kind of just you yeah. kind of just do it to do it. Right. It is yes. like going through the motions is the right term for that. So right. I, I agree with you in that for sure. That's all I meant. The game. Yeah. No, I like the game. It's and I, and I, I think I think watching somebody play through the game will probably give you the same sort of enjoyment as uh, 
playing it yourself because you're still going to hear the cool music fair. you're you're still going to see the cool effects and the like the sort of randomness that is that that is like the end of the game and all that stuff yeah um the uh the music was absolute fire and um jesse yeah. found this actually early in the stream um not listed as a composer but as a sound engineer or okay. a sound like a sound designer is manami matsumai who is the who was the composer on the original Mega Man? <laughs> sure, okay, that makes sense. And also did a pair of guest tracks for Shovel Knight. Ah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And um, and like a bunch of other things. So like fairly like fairly notable, um, a fairly notable name on the cast. Like mm-hmm. for just being some random Game Boy Sunsoft game, like. <laughs> that's a that's quite a get i mean i'm sure it wasn't in 1992 but like she you know woman has a reputation now well and and that that makes sense that the music is as good as it is right now the again i i, I thought it was odd because i don't think i don't think i've seen this before the uh the music was apparently attributed to like a collective like a group oh um i gonna look this back up because i i forget that's what their interesting name is, but like Usually you just see the name oh, of yeah, the composers. composers it says it was like, phase out. Yeah, phase out. That's what it was. Yeah, that's apparently just like a group of composers oh, yeah. rather than like a single person. Interesting. Um, you see it a yeah, lot now. Um, you see it a lot more now. Uh, the music for Xenoblade Chronicles was done by uh, like a similar uh, like a similar group. And I think um, Keiichi Okabe works with a works with a group called i think ace is their name okay which is sort of like another sort of composer collective for a uh, near automata or well near everything <laughs> yeah man near i i'm i have i didn't really well whatever doesn't matter i loved the first near but the but my favorite part of near was the uh the music i really love near's music a lot near's music is a triumph yeah. i i think that near has the controversial opinion I would I would confidently pit the soundtrack for the uh, for the first near mm-hmm. against any modern game soundtrack. Yeah, it's it's so good. That's what I used to, I used to listen to the the soundtrack a lot. Um I listened to the soundtrack I... before I played the game and it was so good it made me play the game. <laughs> it was sort of my go-to soundtrack when I just wanted good music while like writing a paper or something. Like oh yeah. That. Yeah. That was, it's excellent work music. I love it. Yeah. And I don't even listen to music that much when I work because a lot of times I get distracted and I just find myself listening to the music instead of actually focusing. I focus on the music instead of whatever it is I'm supposed to be focusing on. And then on. you're like, uh, whoops. And then it's, it's, I look back and I've gotten nothing done. Yeah. So. But the, uh, but yeah, the first, but, music. but near Ooh. though. But near though, I incidentally, uh, weird game, weird yeah. plug. Uh, Jesse's music collective, Coin Op Studios, that's, recently that's right. put out their uh, their near cover album, and she is on a bunch of tracks there. And they yeah. have a very like they very recently recruited an excellent vocalist whose name escapes me. I'm sorry, um, who sounds very much like like she does the Emmy Evans cover like. Emmy Evans has a very, very unique voice Mm -hmm. and it's very difficult to cover because she's got that sort of like, she's got that very airy sort of like soft, Mm. wispy tone to it. 
Yeah. Um, and it's it's very very distinct, but she covers it extremely well. Like it sounds fantastic. So, yeah. No, I, I love I love the uh, that that like the, the album they put out. Yeah. Go uh, go check that out on uh, what is it again? On Spotify. Let me let me look up the exact. The exact yeah, it's, it's fun to hear covers of stuff. The um, because the album has an actual name, so I'll say the actual. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's I. I was going to start talking about it, and I was like, you know what? It's better to just get the the actual official. Oh name yeah, that's everything. it. That's right. They just called it "Songs of the Ancients." Ah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's "Songs of the Ancients." by coinop studios you can listen to it on spotify i recommend that you do that um anything with a clarinet uh jesse's playing on <laughs> that's so cool and some of the things without a clarinet she like she actually worked on like in terms of like i, I don't want to say producing but like she was she was working pretty closely with the person who did produce all the tracks on like mm-hmm. sound leveling and stuff so she's her fingerprints are all over the album like not to, to varying degrees. So it's worth a listen. Do, if, do if you please enjoy. do please support that and, 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 and enjoy anyway, trip world. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, there's it's, yeah, there really isn't that much. We've to say al- about it. Like we've, we've kind almost of... spent as much time talking about it as, as it takes to actually finish the game. <laughs> you know, if, if you're using save states, let's just pretend you're using save states. You're going to finish the game in 15 minutes. Like that's not yeah, pro- an exaggeration. Yeah, if you, if you actually abuse save states and you actually use them, like every time you die to like <laughs> redo sections on, on the spot or like if, if you, you know, if you're able to use like a rewind function or something like that, it, it is, probably a it is probably a 10 minute game yeah it's like it's somewhere i think the speed run is like eight minutes or something yeah that sounds right. i don't remember actually it might be a little I, longer than i that, haven't but. seen an actual speed run i bet it's really cool because oh, i didn't watch the run is, i just watched the end because so there is like some pretty cool momentum stuff like the game is adorable like the, but there but it's not just adorable. It is well, adorable. No, no. And well, I, I was, love it. I was going to say that it's adorable in it's it in terms of some of its like love that it was given. Like so, yeah. so for instance, when when you 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 get to a hill, you don't just walk down the hill. You sort of do this like little rolling tumble down the hill. Like it's it's these sort of like cute little uh, yeah, touches. Th- is where I was going to go with it. Obviously, yes, like, talking yes, about the yes. game being adorable doesn't lend itself to being a speed run game so right right <laughs> so. well i was just gonna say like and and you're absolutely right it's one of those things and i felt the same way about rise star where it's like there's yeah. animations for things that don't need animations yeah yeah like there's there's cute little there's cute little love l- little touches put into areas where like they they didn't need to do that that's there because someone thought it would be cute yeah they have like someone rolling thought it, physics like down yeah. the hill Someone, someone would have, someone saw that and was like, what if, mm-hmm. what if, what if we made it do this? Mm-hmm. And there's no reason to do that other than they just loved it and wanted to do a cute thing. Yep. And so they did it. And you, you see little touches like that all over the game. And it's, it's very, very endearing. But I think that as a, um, as a speed game, it is actually, it is actually kind of interesting to me. And I haven't looked at it, but like I did notice that like when you roll down a hill or when you run down a hill, 
you actually pick up quite a bit of speed and you can jump to maintain that speed. Ah, okay. So there are little momentum tricks that I feel like in the hands of a speedrunner could do some could cool be, stuff with. Yeah, could be very, very much abused. And I, I bet it looks very cool as a speed game for, you know, especially for something that can be done in less than 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I might actually actually might actually actually watch the the rest of the the video because i just wanted to see how they did the final boss because mm. it seemed unfair. Oh, you were yeah you were checking it out for for research purposes but you know but i think that like the mechanics of it are the mechanics of it are fairly simple but there's enough complexity there where i think that like some things could be so to speak uh abused sure I, the the to be honest the only other the only other thing that i thought was interesting about trip world was the um the the character is in a sunsoft fighting game on playstation as the mid game like mid uh mid game boss mini boss and i guess it's the final boss's pet <laughs> do do they give the character a name oh he has a name in the game boy one too we just didn't know what about is it, it because it's Yak- Yakopo poo Y-A-K-O-P-O-O. Y-A-K-O-P-O-O. Yeah, yeah. Yakapo. Yakapu. Yako, yeah, probably Yakapu. Yeah. Um, All right, I'm sorry I asked. Yep. And that, that's its name. <laughs> that's its name <laughs> and I mean, fight, you know what, game. though? It's you know what, rabbit. though? What's exactly. That? Like, of course. Yeah. And you look surprised. at that thing and you, and you think about, like, this game is made in Japan. It's a cute, it's obviously a cute little, like, cute anime, almost, like, almost Sanrio-type character. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it's got that kind of, like, it's got that, that kind is, that of, like, sort of, weird like, mascot, mascot cuteness to it. Yeah. Like, Japanese mascot cuteness. That is exactly the type of game they would apply to it. 100%. Yeah. 100, yeah, that, like, the, na- the name is not that surprising. Yeah, makes perfect sense. It, it was apparently Yakupu was also in Blaster Master 2, which what? came out, I guess, like a year or two ago, a couple of years, or I guess like is... three years ago now or something. Um, oh, the 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 one on Switch? Or Blaster Master Zero, excuse me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, it came out on... Yeah, that was like yeah. a Switch release title. Yeah, so I think it's it's on... But no one cares what the Switch release titles were because Breath of the Wild was one of them, and that's all anyone played. Even that though okay, Snipperclips is really good, Snipperclips is really good. It was or is um, the the Breath of the Wild release. Though I'll, I'll I'll still I'll always remember when they were like the Switch is coming out in March with Breath of the Wild. I was like, Whoa, what? Okay, so so in other words, Breath of the Wild is coming out in March with a new console peripheral. Yeah. That's that's how I that, felt. That's when I saw ba- that. that's basically how that works. I was so excited. That was such a cool release uh, for 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 like a like a console because usually it's this this system's coming out in four years. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was crazy. I remember because um, it was um, it was only like a couple of weeks after they announced the actual release date of the Switch, and I remember it specifically because it was my birthday. Yeah. Um. And then they they did this big I think it was at a I think they closed a Nintendo Direct with it and they had a new Breath of the Wild trailer. Yeah, and then it said coming out in March. And then the the date the date um 
faded in at the very end of the direct and it was March 3rd and it was right after they'd announced that the switch came out on March 3rd. So we were, yeah. so it was like, Oh my God, it's a release game. <laughs> yeah. Everyone so cool. go buy the switch right now. <sighs> and then they did and they continued it's to. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> there, you know, we didn't actually talk about this earlier, but the, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited that the new Pokemon snap is, was announced and. Oh yeah. It's coming out in uh, late April. Right? Yeah. The 30th yeah. or something like that. Yes, I don't remember when. It's I know it's in the next like three months. It's it's I know, late I know April. it's April. Um and I loved the first Pokemon Snap a lot. Like it's such a simple game, but there's something mm-hmm. so I don't know, it's just something so fun about taking pictures of Pokemon. Yeah. It, it's it it's, shouldn't be as enjoyable as it is, I feel like. But I it's mean, more or less just a, a rail shooter. It's a rail shooter. Without without the shooting. <laughs> I mean I guess it is shooting. Still shooting. I guess you're shooting. It's just not the same. It's just no bullets. Yeah, it's 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 not shooting to kill. It's shooting to to capture because it's shooting to oo woo. (laughs) I'm sorry. Damn it. I'm sorry. I listen, I'm going to throw this out here right now. Like, I'm fine with people using oo woo, but I don't get it. I don't get it either. I don't even know if I was even using it right. As I said, I was like, God, what if I just said something offensive? <laughs> I, I don't think so, because usually it's with, like, cute anime things, I think. It, it seems like it seems <laughs> like don't know what it seems to be shorthand for, like, a cute anime thing. Yeah, okay. That's... But, like, <laughs> but I don't get why. <laughs> I don't know either. Is it just because it sounds nice? I I guess maybe it's like what they think a character would say, like when they're making one of those anime like faces. Like I, there may even be an actual anime where someone uses uwu as like a as like a cutesy thing. Oh, like, like yeah, like a, one of like those a, like key like animations that were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a desu. Yeah, right, right. But I don't know, and I frankly don't want to know. Oh no, I'm happy not knowing. I'm I'm okay with this. I I will be blissfully ignorant about this. Thank you. <laughs> I am about most things actually. When it comes to to, especially if it's like a Twitch, chat type stuff, because I don't I don't know I don't know anything about the, the the TV. I I know you can the like, ecosystem. Install yeah, like I know you can install like a a plugin that changes the way pick like the images look. So like when you see, I'll, I'll see text. Oh yeah, I I have people ask me to do that all the time, and I'm like, I I don't wanna. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 so I, I was remember the first time I found out about it, I was like, oh, that's why people are just spamming blocks of text or like words. I'm like, what is this stuff? I don't get it. I don't know what it yeah, means. It's like, oh, those some are icons, people are seeing it. Right. Yeah. Cause I saw some, like, you know, how it's like sometimes streamers show what they see, like, right on right, the stream. Right. And I was like, oh, hey, that, that, there's making all those images. How do you get those? And I was like, oh, you have to install something. I was like, nah, I don't care. You see a lot of, uh, you see a lot of Manka S. Yes, yeah, that's like the that's the frog, right? The Yes. But like um, Yeah. But you don't like I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what You can't really were... use Monka S anymore because it's using Pepe the Frog, which has been co-opted by white supremacists despite it, its creator's intentions. Is it still that meaning or is it now used like is it is is it People like are trying to reclaim it now. <laughs> well, here's the thing with Pepe it's a trip, Frog, it's like, triple crossing. The person who created it did not have that in mind at all. No, and I does yeah, I not know really know how this how like it does not even really know how that happened. 
Nobody it understands just started, how the internet happened. Yeah, it, the internet <laughs> happened. The internet found a thing and they decided to assign a meaning to it. And the creator's like, no. And but the internet's Good luck. the internet's like, it's not your choice to make anymore. <laughs> it's like the the Starfire, the robot guy that was like, Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> I think that's General Pepper, actually. I think it is actually Pepper, you're right. I just I just it's it sounds super it, duper robotic. <laughs> I mean everything does because it's a SNES game. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they kept the same sound effect like for for isn't it the same on 64 too? I think it's I think it's if not exactly the same, it's basically the same like cadence. Yeah, like it sounds just as silly. Oh man. You know, do you think they're ever gonna announce a Star Fox game? I mean, like, what's the over under on that? I mean, I, 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 wh- we'll get one eventually. Do you think it but... will be Star Fox, or will it be like Dinosaur Planet? Or they no, just I don't forced... think they'll do. I don't think they'll do Dinosaur Planet again. Where they just force the company to throw <laughs> throw away their idea and put Star Fox in it? Like, <laughs> the, the, if you've ever seen the story behind the development of Dinosaur Planet, like. It's it's so sad. Wasn't it going to be like end run 64 game originally? It was and Rare was working on it. And then, you know, Miyamoto rolled up and flipped tables over in the Rare office and was like, "Okay, this is a Star Fox game now. Make it Star Fox. I've heard Miyamoto can be kind of a kind of a he's a bit of a tyrant. Yeah. And and I I remember. (laughs) Oh, was when we were. So it was when you were talking about Donkey Kong. I remember, was it you that told me? I don't remember. I think it was you, right? Where you were like, well, Miyamoto tells you to do something. <laughs> yep. Who are you to say no? <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah I, I have heard he is. I I don't know if I want to use the word difficult to work for. <laughs> yeah, sure. But he is. I think he's insistent. I think. I, and, and maybe that's just. You know, he has a uh, he, he knows what works or well, he knew what worked. Um. And he still has great ideas about things. And maybe he's just sort of stuck in that mentality. Who knows? I like from what I understand. And this is all this is all secondhand and just sort of, course, of like, of course. But like my understanding is that in general, there is a lot. There's a broad difference between Eastern and Western game development. Yeah. And the reason why you get a lot of. Uh, the reason why a lot of the big names at like in game development, the legends, mm-hmm. your Kojima's and your Itagaki's and your and your Miyamoto's and your um and your uh, Mikami and mm-hmm. like basically star directors like that, Igarashi. Yep. The names you know like that. The reason they have such a high profile is because, um. A Japanese game development is very much about like you have the director who has their vision and it is a it is a very hierarchical top down um, development process where your job is to realize the director's vision. Sure. They know what they want the game to do and what they want it to look like. And everyone's job under them is to just bring their vision to life. Right. Yeah. Whereas Western game development tends to be um, committee based. It's a lot more collaborative. And so it ends up it ends up landing in much more um, group thinky, like safe 
Like it's it doesn't you don't get as much weird stuff out of Western game development. Think... You get a lot of stuff that looks similar to each mm-hmm. other because there's a lot of like it's you don't have one person forcing their vision vision on the whole project. You have committees of people trying to come together to figure out what is the best way to solve problems. And you end up with a lot of, you know, in the middle solutions to things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's it's. Well, in, in a way, it's sort of what happens in movies sometimes, right? Like like a lot mm-hmm. of the DC movies are, are clearly written by committee as opposed to one person's clear vision. Cause right, right, mess. right. And I think that, like, on one hand, you get... Uh, the result of that is you get a lot of games out of Western game development that are really good but safe. Mm-hmm. Like, every Ubisoft game is basically the same. I don't um, think Assassin's Creed has differed from, like, the first one, really. I, I've heard there's a big like, or I I've guess they, that that's not true. I think they, they like revamped Origins. It with Origins. Yeah, yeah Origins yeah. Odyssey and Valhalla are supposedly like a big sort of reset for the series. But they're but those three are very similar to one another, right? From what I've heard, I've not played any of them. And I, by the way, I'm not saying that that's bad or good. It feels like more. No, I, I'm is. I'm not trying to put any sort of like qualitative judgment on that because I think the. That like there's there's pros and cons to both. You end up with a very high floor when you sort of design by committee like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like generally, as long as everyone in those uh, in those rooms knows what they're doing, you're going to end up with something that is at worst decent. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's not going to. It won't. It the, the 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 flip side is that you probably won't end up with something that makes people's like holy crap this changed my life yeah you don't end up with quite as much um truly unique visionary things and the thing is a lot of people try to a lot of people who stand at the top of those projects try to create something that is game-changing and visionary and um uh game-changing and visionary and and completely different and unique and it's garbage because mm-hmm. they you know because they don't run their team well or their vision is not well is not well realized or not well established or or you they know, have to cut back on something for whatever they have reason. to yeah that's actually part of the corners. fun of those the, the 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 like when rare was able to just do what they want mm-hmm. why some incredible games were made right like yeah yeah uh-huh. And that's and that what you see in in Star Fox Adventures and Dinosaur Planet is a game where you had two different groups of people that had very strong visions that slammed into each other. Yep. Because Rare knew exactly what they wanted to make. And uh, and, you know, just to bust the stereotype, like Rare is a UK company, so you would yep, consider yeah. that Western. And um, and they made completely unique and visionary things. Well, I mean, and they changed the way first person shooters are played on or not played, but for the way that they're designed on consoles, like GoldenEye <laughs> paved the way for that. Right. Well, yeah. And I would argue that they pioneered early open world gaming as well. Yeah. Well, in a sense, it's they, like they, Banjo-Kazooie is like Mario staged... 64 and then changed the, like they added to that. Like they added, they sort of added the idea of, <laughs> They they kind of took the collectathon thing to to the next to the next degree. Well, you I would argue that like the big difference is that in Mario sixty four, you have a single goal. Mm-hmm. You enter a stage with a single objective, 
And in Banjo-Kazooie, you enter a stage with about 18 different objectives going on at the same time. Right, yeah. And so it it therefore rewards exploration and going off the beaten path to, like, figure out what other stuff is there. Mm-hmm. Because you have a larger, more realized... Uh, a larger, more realized space to, like, go around and be like, what's over here? What's over there? And, and so that's what I mean dark. by, like, pioneering open-world gameplay. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And and Perfect Dark, although it doesn't get the credit that it deserves for first-person shooters, that game did everything, man. And, and the multiplayer We should was, play that at some point. I Yeah, I love that game a lot. I've never played Perfect Dark. I've never even laid... I've never even, like, laid so eyes the, on it. So the single-player experience, it's not what I love, although I enjoy it. What, what took it home for me was the multiplayer stuff, but I would be happy to play through that game. And actually, I think we've talked about it before, how there's the counter-operative mode, where you mm. were one person yeah, you can told play me about as this the before. bad guy. That's yeah. so freaking cool. Like, <laughs> what is Perfect Dark is just one of the best. I think it's, it might be my, like, the best console shooter, not necessarily in terms of controls or tightness or by, to like, if you want to hang around and play it today. But in terms of what it offered, it has to be one of the most content or feature-rich games ever made. Like, it, it does everything without having DLC. <laughs> we are, if I'm not mistaken, getting a reboot, yeah? A really perfect dark i won't be able to play it sadly because it will be on xbox i yeah i believe i it might be on pc i guess that that would, that would it'll would, probably be on pc i'd probably play that I, well they did reboot it uh like 10 years ago it was a remake pretty much exactly for the 64 game but it was on uh, the x the 360 yeah they showed a they showed a teaser trailer at the game awards Oh, cool! I didn't for, see that. Uh, oh, I didn't pay any attention to the game, to the to the awards stuff. Understandable. So you were probably better off, but it is. <laughs> it does <laughs> have the E three effect of like, hey, here's some new stuff. Sure, yeah. People yeah, are going just, to announce some shit here. I, 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 it's, I've found that I've already forgotten who the new Smash character is because they, they announced that they did. At it, the was, game it was, it was, it was, it was Sephiroth. Oh yeah, that's right. Thank you. Because they had that really fun image of sephiroth uh, stabbing mario yeah but then it was just like through his overalls or whatever yeah, I, yeah, yeah. that was that was great that felt good yeah because you see it and it's like what you did what now <laughs> yeah there's and a part the, of you that's not sure like you feel like it might actually be what it looks like just i because... mean they already killed luigi right <laughs> in the like, in the simon reveal so it's it's totally possible that nintendo would allow it to happen just because it's something you know it's some sakurai thing that they're like fine um so you're not sure. And then when they show what it is, it's like, oh, that's even better, actually. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the that was fun. regardless of you get it both ways, because that image still exists. Exactly. That image lives rent free in your head now yeah. of like the of the silhouette of of Sephiroth stabbing Mario through the chest. <laughs> yeah. And it, it lingers there for a second before you see like, nah, that ain't it. Right. But you know what? The image is still there. Mm-hmm. They get to they get to avoid the consequences of if it if that actually happened, but like but still benefit off of like yeah but you saw it though right? <laughs> hey, you know that this is the thing that you can technically do now, right? Because I mean mm-hmm, you, you totally mm-hmm. stab him with a sword if you if you're playing the game. Yep, live out your live out your dreams. <laughs> right, yeah. stab Mario in the chest. <laughs> kill, <laughs> kill Mario. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I think we're done here. I think so too. I was just about to say, Hey, so, so what, what, uh, 
<laughs> oh, we already played next week's exciting game. game. Are we talking about next week? We've, we've already, already played, played next week's game, and I don't want to. I don't even want to say anything about it because uh, the tone's going to be a little different. But I don't want to give away the. I don't want to give away the the surprise or ward you all off of listening to next week's episode. <laughs> Do you, you want to uh, tell them the game, or should it all just just let it let now? Nah, we it... like we played Super Valus Four, and I'm yeah, okay sure with did. telling everyone that because no one knows what the hell that is. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, because Nintendo's like, hey, we got this this service where we offer free games. Let's just release a bunch of stuff everybody's played. Right? They're release we... like, let's be real here. They're releasing vaporware. <laughs> yeah, that's actually what they're tough they're, enough was released. What the fuck? They're releasing vaporware. Like, that is what is coming out on these consoles, right? Like, okay, so, to, to be fair, they also released all three Donkey Kong countries. Yeah, so, it's, like, it's, it's it's one of those situations where, like, well, you can't be too mad at us, because Donkey Kong Country, all Here's a game here. you want to play, but here's three Jellico games and a Natsume <laughs> game. <laughs> and the Natsume <laughs> game isn't Harvest Moon, screw you. That's the Natsume game you'd want to play. No. <laughs> You it's, get world, uh, you get Natsume Championship Wrestling. So if you were like which 12 is neither, years old. Which is neither the Natsume game you want to play, nor the wrestling game you want to play. <laughs> Dude, the, the Nintendo, the releases on the NES and the SNES classics. Now, there are some, there are some good games on there. Don't get me wrong. But if you were A like, lot of them, actually. Yeah, there, there are a lot of really great games. But if <laughs> there would be a part of you where if you were a younger kid... You would be you would be thinking, why is everyone wax poetic about these consoles? Like, yeah, sure, they had a couple good games, but it seems like there's just a bunch of trash based on what Nintendo releases for them. That I, is true. I, it, it, at this point, I would say it's about 50-50 between, like, timeless classics and, like, why is this here garbage? Right. It's it's such an odd—it's so odd. I, I know—I'm sure there's a lot of weird licensing issues. Like, they wouldn't be able to have— the Ninja Turtles games, unless they wanted sure, to pay money course. to whoever they couldn't do. They're never going to get Mega Man because they're Me Capcom's already releasing all the Mega Man games in their own collection. So why give right, it to people right, for right. free? Yeah, of course. Uh, same with the Final Fantasy games. We'll probably never get those because Square's I, I bet you Square at some point releases some collection of Final Fantasy games. I mean, they've already whatever. done it a couple times. Well, I, I meant I meant like a new one, like something something fresh. Yeah. Uh, just I don't know. I think they're the I think they're getting off now on like selling them individually on like PC and mobile. True. They're they're making enough money selling them individually that why would they bother right, giving right, it right. to you for free? Uh, so we're not like, we're not, not going to get those. We've, we spend plenty of time talking about Konami. We're never getting Contra or Castlevania. See, that one's that one's a little weird to me because they wouldn't even have to do anything. It would actually just be collecting money. But yeah, maybe... you would think they would license it out and be like, sure, here you go. Yeah, we you, don't you care say, what you do. You say you'll pay us money for these things we're doing nothing with? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's a weird one to me. Uh, so we'll, we'll, pro we'll probably not get Castlevanias. And so when I started to think about it that way, I was like, oh, well, that does kind of lower the pool of... Um, there is actually a Castlevania collection. Yeah, there is. You can there, buy, though. That's true. That's true. Oh, that's right. It's like the most bare bones collection, I believe. It's really, like, it's 
awful. Like I don't even think there's a menu for the Castlevania games. Like it's it's like you go to the game and then that's the start and you have to like reset the whole thing to go back to the It feels like the entire thing was like someone slapped three ROMs into a into <laughs> yeah. a into a zip file. Yep. And yep. then and then one person <laughs> spent a week making a UI for it. They just loaded it up on on a their their emulator of choice and that was it <laughs> and they shipped it that's 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 the collection because that's actually what happened probably at gunpoint um <laughs> no, but so it's but, but when you start when you start breaking a when you start thinking about it that way in terms of the reason why you're not getting you know chrono trigger and stuff which again that's i i don't i still don't understand square's decision to completely just pretend like disavow Chrono Trigger. it just seems like free money they could re-release that game every couple of years and people would buy it yeah um so that's weird but when, when you start peeling it back and thinking oh what what can they release you're pretty much just left with nintendo first party games and then vaporware and vaporware right like games that were developed by by companies that either went out of business yep or like lost the like the rights to those franchises are either gone or just owned by random companies that aren't doing anything with them. So they don't take care. bottom dollar just to be like, yeah, sure. We don't, we, we don't care. <laughs> Someone got a call one day and they're like, Hey, we Nintendo wants to license tough enough. And they're like, we, we, what game? Why? <laughs> we tough enough. I don't remember. What is that? Oh, tough enough. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's like, and they don't actually know. They're just acting like they do to cash right, the check. Yeah. They're like, yeah, sure. Thanks for the hundred dollars. We don't care. <laughs> yeah, whatever you said. It's uh. so what is it now? We are you sure we made it? It's like when THQ went out of business a while ago, like they basically auctioned off the rights to all of their uh, to all of their properties. Yeah. And a bunch of them were just bought by random venture capitalists that I assume are just holding on to them to sell them at a profit to someone else that wants to actually make the game. (laughs) Yeah. Or do something with it like Nintendo. Right. Where it's like, hey, we bought this thing. Eventually, this will make me money because the the, I don't care about losing the money at the moment. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, I, I assume it's just a bunch of that. Like, Jalico doesn't exist anymore. Right. But those rights had to go somewhere. <laughs> so, I assume they're just owned by some random company. Hell, Nintendo might. I don't even know. They might even own the rights to some of these games themselves. I I, I, I have no idea who, who like, owns what or, like, yeah, it's. What- it's very confusing to, to follow the rights of, like, who owns this property. Especially when well, it's, like, when it's, it, like random stuff like that it will yeah i was gonna say it gets really confusing too because there's a lot of games that were released as like you know cool spot or something right which the seven up game or or mickey like there's some good um disney games that were released that will never probably be put on the uh the super nintendo or or like ronald mcdonald which not a great Mm -hmm. game but still um or like you know, there, there's a lot of license titles too that may not be good, but they'd be way too hard to be bothered with like simpsons or beavis and butthead like we're never gonna get turtles in time yeah, it would be too complicated. Best. It's a the good... turtles licensing is such a mess in yeah. terms of who owns. It's kind of like how Marvel was all over the place. So until yeah, a big yeah. company, it's like, hey, here's we're gonna we want to take the reins and own everything. Like you know, Disney decided that we want to own everything Marvel, and sure they don't get Spider Man, but they I'm, they probably will eventually, uh, someday. Right, Sony's really Disney. got a stranglehold on that because Marvel signed like the most desperate contract ever. Yeah. And, right, yeah. And so, Sony knows that they could make like three billion dollars off of Spider Man. Right. And so they, so 
they'll probably hold on to Spider-Man forever, but they'll always be able to make a deal with Disney because Disney's got right. deep enough pockets where they don't care. And right. so Turtles right now is it's kind of in that weird I mean, they area already, where they Disney can't do literally, Disney already literally bought 20th Century Fox just basically to get X-Men back. <laughs> yeah, right. So, like, <laughs> eventually Disney will just be like, okay, Sony, Sony Pictures. Sony Pictures, we're tired of playing this game. Like... <laughs> You're ours now. Yeah. You're you, know what, you know what is one of the weirdest and most puzzling, um, like, game rights tracing stories ever that I'm not going to go into, but I just want to throw the name out there? What's that? Double Dragon. Oh, really? I'd like to I'd like to talk about it. Well, you know what? Maybe we'll play Double Dragon one day and just, just so it's, we have the opportunity to talk about it. So it's very, it's actually cleared up a lot in like the last year or two. Sure. Because now confirmed for final um Arc System Works owns like Double Dragon, Kunio-kun, like all of those old Technos Japan properties. Yeah. Um they they straight up went out and like, "Okay, we have thrown the money out there. Arxis bought these games, these these properties, these rights. We own them now." mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But like it was like thirty years that it was like okay, it like Technos <laughs> Who had owns it today. <laughs> Technos had such a bizarre like whoever wants it can do it approach to Double Dragon, right? Where they would just throw like they would throw the development rights and the like and the like character usage rights to Double Dragon out to just whoever happened to be working on it at the time. Right. And there's like a right. zillion Double Dragon games. Yeah, there were, because there's that one that was pretty, that everybody liked a lot that came out on uh, PS3, uh, maybe 12-something years ago, I want to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I just mean, like, go look at how many how many different versions there are of oh, Double yeah. Dragon 3. <laughs> right. And they're all different games made by different people on different platforms. <laughs> is it and like, like a home alone situation where there's like 10 versions of the game yeah, and people can't decide whether billy or jimmy are bimmy and jammy are are blue or red it's <laughs> like it's you know sometimes someone is a is a protagonist someone's they're an antagonist the stories of the games are all different um it's like there's it's like the least continuity of any franchise I've ever seen. And it's just yeah. because they just, they just like played fast and loose with the licensing rights. And they were like, okay, whoever, whoever wants it, gets it. And then <laughs> Technos went out of business. And then it was just like the rights just kind of bounced around to whoever. And at one point there was like three different companies that thought they owned double dragon, but didn't really. It's bizarre. That's pretty funny. I, I, and yeah, like, that, it that was, would be fun. It was only around the time that River City Girls uh, was announced. Yeah. That Arxis came out and was like, okay, listen, this is ours now. Mm-hmm. We we went out, we tracked down, we tracked down the rights to Double Dragon and all the and all the Kunio Kun stuff, and I think something else that was a I'd like, techno. You know, I'd like thing. to play River City Girls, speaking of that. Oh, you should think of it. Um, you, you absolutely should. That's a fantastic, fantastic oh. beat 'em up. It's a bit That's steep so cool. at $30, but you can get it on, you can get it on sale. Yeah, I can be patient, I don't mind. Yeah, it's um it's very very good. And they're apparently working on uh either a sequel or like DLC or something for it. Cool. 
they announced it at uh they actually had Bannon Rudis, I think, on uh when they speed ran it at GDQ. And oh, he nice. sort of he sort of dropped the he dropped the uh announcement during the stream that they're working on more stuff. So I'm very excited for that. That's awesome. But yeah, that game's that game is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, look good. I mean, I'm I'm sure I would like it. There's no doubt in my mind about that. It is like Trip World. It is absolutely full of love and charm. Mm-hmm. And just oh yeah, like, we were talking about Trip World. <laughs> at one point, I, I wanted to bring it back before we sign off. You know, we should go before we start talking about something else. It's I mean, we kind of sandwiched Trip World into other stuff, but like we, <laughs> you know, it was about to be like a forty-five minute podcast, which would have been fitting for how short Trip World actually is, but you know. We we got some more stuff in there. I, I feel good about it. Yeah, me too. Well, next week you'll get to hear us talk lovingly about. <coughs> I'm. Uh, we'll, we'll. Don't we'll, don't give it away. Well, we're don't tell them. It's Super Valus Four. That's all we're gonna say. Bye. Bye, everybody.